Welcome to the third episode of Your Time in the Room, the Hunted Podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit, who is always ready to slash the tyres, Anthony Williams. Good evening. And the Australian who would slay bitches all day long on Australian Survivor, Michelle Pierce-Denovan. Oh my goodness. Yes, we're going right in for that, Michelle. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> and the fact that you're heartless. <laughs> all right, Michael. Michael, I will have to pull you up several times if you keep saying that. You do anyway, Michelle. That's what you're here for. <laughs> oh, dear God. You should see. I wake up my children with kisses, basically. And my eldest is 10 now. So she's getting over it just a tad. It's like, ah, help. But, yeah, I continue. Yeah, we all know that actually you don't love any of your family. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> It's what you've told us on multiple occasions, Michelle. Have you seen my Facebook feed? It's literally half children. You have an album of people I hate and put all pictures of your daughters in there. (laughs) (laughs) Along with anyone who does anything stupid on Hunted. Yeah. Or any reality show, that is. (laughs) Have you applied for Australian Survivor yet, Michelle? Look... I've still got five days left. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah, conveniently you're going to forget. Can I you? tell you, can I tell you, Flick, um, Felicity, who, beca- who came forth, she applied on the last day, apparently. But, so Michelle, don't leave it to the last day. <laughs> it's not as though I'm going to be on it. So it doesn't you are, really Michelle. Matter. You're going to get cast. Your gypsy <laughs> friend or whatever it was predicted it. Yep. It's going to oh, happen. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about her. I didn't. I want you cast on that show and I want you cast now. Oh, God's sake. Deary me. Deary me. So, Michelle, you're going to get a message off me every day reminding you to apply until you do it. <laughs> you have my phone number, do you? Jeez. No, you uh, don't I have my phone address. number. Yes, you do have my address. We can track you down. We'll just get Flat Cap Charlie to pull a search on all, all of your contacts. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, if it gets to Friday, I'm sending a flash mob to remind you. And they will sing ancient voices until you apply. Jeez, don't send that flat cap after me. Or Sherlock. Yeah, they're best mates. It's awesome. <laughs> From what I've heard, it's them two and Rye, and Wi-Fi or whatever we're calling him this week. Wi-Fi. Uh, it's Rufy, I'm calling him. It's, it's Rye-Fi the science guy. Hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, this is just a, a taster of what's to come when Michelle is constantly badgered about applying for Australian Survivor for the next 45 minutes or so. Oh, jeez. Come on. Get on to episode four. Yeah, the title of this podcast is going to be Operation Get Michelle on Australian Survivor. Oh, for God. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> outwit, outplay, out sass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. I've been thinking about these all week, Michelle. Great. I'm sure you have so much time on your hands to think about me and getting on Survivor. Well, we had such good feedback about the badgering of Michelle last week that it's kind of rude not to continue it. <laughs> yeah, I had feedback as well that. I got some. Who gave you this feedback? Everyone loved last week's podcast. Yeah, but not necessarily that bit. Well, that's the only reason that anyone would like last week's podcast, I think, so oh, it makes sense. Definitely. I mean, it's certainly for nothing that Ant or I are doing. No, the uh, the only <laughs> feedback I got last week was, um, man, you two gave Michelle one hell of a time. There you go. There you go. I'm carrying the entire podcast, obviously. You two are null and void. Bye! And weirdly, when I get a text like that off any of my friends, it's definitely not about the podcast. 
<laughs> so Arif and Imad. We open with them. <laughs> oh, scene, uh, act uh, one, scene one. Arif and Imad on farm. I, I was going to say it was a, another fun episode. It was a great episode. Um, I'm loving this. I'm starting to see the influence of the UK one now. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. where it fell in the timeline was that the UK one had aired the year before, because it filmed in June. Mm-hmm. UK one had aired. UK two had filmed. Yes. Sherlock went straight to America to film the American one. Yes. Basically. Yeah, that is true. So he so he would be able to fill them in on stuff that happened in season two then. Yeah. He had a little bit more of an insight. And they probably didn't believe him when he said, oh, yeah, we had this uh, this couple who water skied. <laughs> and then some some CBS executive must have overheard that and went, that's it, we need lots of water scenes, I don't care what it is, water skiing, boats, jet skis, we got to have them. Did you guys see the Next Time trailer, by the way? No, didn't have a Next Time. Because I've seen a, a an advert for it, and it is hella spoily. Yeah, I saw you tweeting that, um... But it was geo-restricted and I couldn't be bothered to put a VPN on to watch it. Well, it, it's on the Facebook page now as well. Oh, okay. It is really, really spoily. It basically confirms who's going next week. Oh. So I won't be partaking in that game. Hmm. Seems though I pretty much know. Why would oh. they do that? Do, wait a minute. Did, do you know that because you just know reality TV so well and the edit so well that you can see who's gone? Or would the layman also know from that? No, Michelle, it was blatantly obvious if you were watching this week's episode who was going to go home. Oh, uh, okay. There was absolutely no... Un- unless it's a massive misdirect, which I wouldn't put it past them, then it's a blatantly obvious spoiler of who's going to go home. Or get caught. CBS. They were setting something up this week to go into next week. Which is wonderful, by the way, but you know, not when you put it in an advert. No, it's not the best thing to do. Unless it is classic CBS misdirect. Which I don't think it is. No. I'm just trying to think what was in this week to set that up. I was just... See, the problem is, now I've talked about that, I'm going to be really, really wary when I actually talk about what happened this week to try and not give anything away. (laughs) You do that. Yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) So... Previously, Arif and Imad went on the run with the help of their friend Meadow. Uh, Lee and Hilmar were inspired by Lolly and used mail to stay one step ahead of the hunters. Angela and Michelle continued using the trucks of Michelle's family, but a phone intercept saw them be caught in a car park, and Troy and Shelley went around the backwaters of Florida, but were found by dumb luck by one of the teams. Six teams remain. Who will be caught next? And wasn't wasn't there? A, I seem to remember some point in the past. Wasn't there a team called David and somebody or other? David and Emily. I don't know. I, I vaguely remember that team. Yeah, it's weird that uh, after last week's David and Emily heavy podcast chat, when I'd finished reading the book, there was nothing about them this week. Not a thing. I not know. even. Not even a status update, how many days, nothing. Which we did say would probably happen, given their start, that they would have a really high-profile start and then disappear for a few episodes. But I didn't mean, like, literally. I can confirm that they are in next week's episode. Okay, that's good. It doesn't look like we're getting an Italy and Hilmar next week, but it looks what? like it looks like we're getting um, David and Emily, um, Stephen and Henry VIII, Arif and Imad... Um, and no centre in two either. 
So it looks like it's just going to be three teams unless there's like uh, one scene of one of the other two teams. Uh, okay. So they're leaving the two strong teams to alternate weeks yeah. until the rest of the riffraff are Seems like that, yeah. Pad out the content and <laughs> keep, keep them off. I would discard Stephen and Henry VIII from the fact that they are going to be in literally less than half the episodes already. But if you remember back to the first UK one, Martin and Stephen were the last team introduced and they were introduced about halfway through. They were. They were. And you've got that paradox going on that the better you are, the more likely you are to win, the less good footage there's going to be of you because there won't be any sightings and there won't be any giveaways. So it is hard to read the fact that they're coming in halfway through the series because it could mean they have a really uneventful path and win. (laughs) Yeah, from that preview, they don't have an uneventful (laughs) path. I'll give you a, a little hint of what the next time bit of our podcast is going to be. Teams face a monsoon. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's a a scene of Stephen and Henry VIII crying in the rain. Oh, not good. So we start, as Michelle tried to say before we rudely interrupted her about 50 minutes ago, uh, with Arif and Imad. And Flatcap Charlie has a list of their connections and is trying to swap boredom, basically. Yeah, and Teresa's running the link analysis to figure out who's connected to whom. And it looks like they do a really good job with that because they track pretty much the path they followed really quite accurately. Yeah, that was a little bit of creative editing. You can tell there was probably about 150 people on that and the camera just focused on the correct ones. Yeah, and I I think that's worth mentioning actually because we know that there's going to be a lot of that going on in editing, isn't it? That they'll be talking about lots of different theories, lots of different ideas. The ones that make it to the show will be the ones that make sense. So, And we'll be guilty of this at some point, going, oh, how on earth did they figure that out? That was handy. It was probably one of ten theories, and they you know, they looked on the right one, I guess. Yeah, as Flat Cap Charlie so beautifully put it, I wish you could have seen all of the hard work that went into finding these teams. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to distill it down, haven't you? Oh, there'd be a hell of a lot more than what we see. They're not getting it that easily. Nah, there's the prob- loads. The problem is with a show like Hunted, you without showing all the footage, everyone's going to go, oh, how did they find them? We're so rigged against the fugitives. Or like a lot of the people are saying, um, they're just saying, oh, it's impossible. How can anyone ever win this? It's just, it's stacked against them, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, that, no, not many people think anyone is going to win this show. 100% at least one team will win, purely because CBS will not have a big reality proposition like this without someone winning. I doubt it very much. Although, um, to sort of put against that the, the opposite point of view, uh, do you feel a little bit more like we're supposed to feel more sympathetic towards the Hunters than we did in the UK version? They're painted in a much more positive light, aren't they? I think it boils down to last week where we saw that the American public are more sympathetic towards the Hunters than the UK ones. The UK ones are more... British people basically have more of the rebellious spirit. And Americans are sort of more yes ma'am, no ma'am. Interesting. And more willing to help the Hunters, I think. And I think it's just a cultural cultural difference, basically. Yeah, yeah. But we're definitely finding out a little bit more about the Hunters. You know, we've seen a bit of their personality. They're they're coming across as quite likable. They seem like really not likable people. Whereas it wasn't 
cast that way in the UK as much. It was very much a fugitives against Big Brother kind of setup, and you know, isn't it terrible that there's all this surveillance on people, and you know, the teams just want to be free of all of that? And you know, that's exactly what Dr. Ricky Allen was cast as in the first series. So it's yeah, very I, interesting. I think it it helps as well that CBS's version of Hunted was immediately cast as a or immediately marketed as a reality show. Yeah. Whereas the British one, no one was really sure what Hunted was until the day it aired. Yeah. When they finally started leaking the information as what it was. But it was also more focused on documentary. And I think it was actually funded originally by Channel 4's documentary team. Yeah, it definitely has that more of that feeling to it, doesn't it? With all the real news footage interspliced, yeah. Uh, the second series, it sort of migrated over towards the more reality aspect. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So anyway, back to Arifin Imad. Sherlock then decides to go after Meadow because he, for some reason, actually uh, suspects that she might be helping them. Yeah, it doesn't really reveal why her, but again, it, they could have been filming all of the contacts, and yeah, they've, they've just narrowed it in on that one. I think it probably goes back to them monitoring everyone they suspect's phone calls, and then Meadow had a lot of suspicious ones. Yeah. Also, on that subject, don't text someone if you're helping a fugitive. Yes, especially especially not to say, oh, I think the Hunters might be on to us. I'm very surprised that the Hunters didn't get the text records. Yeah, they probably did, just didn't bother mentioning it they'd enough at that stage. Well, m- maybe real-life law enforcement would, but maybe that was something that they couldn't really recreate. Yeah, possibly. But... Seriously, don't text. Ring if you have to, but even then, speaking code. Mm. Uh, and Arifin Imad then ring Meadow, which is also a terrible idea, as we found out last week, uh, who suggests them moving down the road to another connection called Diane. I thought it was Linda. Linda? It's Linda. Linda. Diane, no Diane gave someone a lift. Yeah, Diane was um, the one who gave him a lift to Linda's, wasn't it? Yeah. And as soon as soon as we heard about Linda, I'm, I wrote down, oh, my God, Jill, don't ring Linda. <laughs> For the love of God, stop it. Seriously. <laughs> it's like they're all going, I'll just ring to make sure there's no connection between us. Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> now there is. <laughs> you morons. If she's just down the road, go and drive to her. And... Um... Team Golf, who are Vinny and John, are introduced and then summoned to Jill's to interrogate her. Yeah, just when we thought we'd met everyone, there's we there's more random hunters popping up. There's two more teams we've not seen. I know! Two! I know! Are we going to get all the way to Team Zulu by the end of this? <laughs> <laughs> How many teams did we have in England? Six. Oh, yeah, about that. Six, yeah. So how many have we got now in America? There's nine teams of uh, ground hunters and then fourteen people in uh, in control. Crazy. Wouldn't wouldn't that make it easier if there's so many on the ground? It would be easier to catch them, you know, because you obviously have to be close to where they were last seen, and it would be easier if you have nine groups of hunters and six. Well, yeah, but there's also a massive amount of distance to cover. How much more is it than England? Is it a lot more? Yeah. Yeah. And on that subject, I do have to make a massive apology for saying that all of Florida was included in the hunting area last week. I got so much grief on Twitter for that. 
<laughs> it's just Northern oh, it's Florida, like the isn't, top it? Half, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't paying attention to where it was. I just paid attention to what states it comprised of. Oh dear! I didn't dear spot dear. it either until people started going. No, I think you'll find Dade counties in the part of Miami that's not covered. All right, okay, whatever. I got so much grief for that. More than anything we've had on the podcast in about probably eighteen. Eh, actually, no, since the Tyler Oakley debacle. <laughs> More than anything since then have I got that much hate on Twitter. <laughs> Don't diss <laughs> the residents of Southern Florida because it was you know. hilarious. <laughs> Because I was just thinking, shit. I'm amazed at anyone who knows Southern Florida is like, young enough to use Twitter. There you go. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> They're all old, right? That's what Florida is. It's like it's like God's waiting room, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What's well, that yes, in, I... in England? Where's God's waiting room in England? Uh, Eastbourne. Yeah, Eastbourne. Oh, I was going to suggest somewhere in East Sussex. So great minds think alike. Yeah, Eastbourne, <laughs> definitely. Eastbourne. Definitely, yeah. Seaside Town. Bexhill Hill actually is is God's waiting room. Definitely, <laughs> there are so many old people in Bexhill on Sea. I think my half brother lives near there. Well, I have family who. Well, I, I actually have an auntie who lives in Bexhill now, um, but my granddad lives yeah. very close to Bexhill. Okay. Um, What's the difference between Bexhill and Bexhill on Sea? It's a shorter name. Oh, so it's the same place. You just yeah. don't call it the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, it's like like the difference between Newcastle and Newcastle upon Tyne. Yeah, same thing. Oh, so Newcastle is Newcastle on time. Yeah. Unless you mean Newcastle Lunderline, which is in the Midlands. But normally if you say Newcastle, you mean upon time. 99% of the time you'll mean on, upon time. And um, this is when we get introduced to our first new team of the episode, who are Frat Boys, Miles and Will. And shockingly, they're from Atlanta. <laughs> Funny that. And shockingly, they've not packed anything. Don't they look like an amazing race team? Oh, hell them. yeah. These these are definitely amazing race rejects. No doubt at all. They're Tanner and Josh Light. Yeah. And I, I despite the grief I gave them preseason, I quite like Tanner and Josh now. They seem like quite cool dudes. <laughs> but they are just the epitome of, like, frat boys. Definitely. And can I do my weekly have a go at some kind of inane comment from a woman? <laughs> go on, then. Speaking on the phone to the mother. And the mother says, have you got your toothbrush? Seriously, have you wiped your computer? <laughs> I love his mum so much. It's like, have you packed your toothbrush? Yes, mum. <laughs> he, he just gives that inane grin to the camera, which, had Flat Cap Charlie not existed, would have probably got our banner this week. But <laughs> Flat Cap Charlie stole my heart and stole that banner. Now, see, I said midweek, Michelle, that you would absolutely hate this team. Because they're more focused on picking up girls than staying on the run. And Michael said it was a good strategy. What do you think? Um, I didn't hate them. Because every time I saw them, I thought of Amazing Race, actually. (laughs) And I thought, you know, on Amazing Race, a lot of the girls, if there's some gorgeous girls, they use their looks to get ahead. And I thought, these guys are using their looks to find places to sleep you know, food to eat, and I thought, okay, it's reversed. We've never seen this sort of thing in a reality show very much where it's the the guys. And I don't know, I didn't hate them. I just, the mother saying that comment drove me a little bit crazy. But I didn't think they did anything stupid, really. I stand by that comment that it's a great strategy because it is. In theory, it is a fantastic way to stop the hunters finding you. 
if you are able to rely on the kindness of strangers, yeah, they're more likely to rat you out, but they've got to track you down to rat you out. I had no issue with kindness of strangers. It's my favourite tactic. I just don't like the let's be sleazy, chat up guys. That's what I have an issue with. I don't think they're being sleazy though. They weren't. They were just using their smiles and their good looks to to chat to people. But if when I was looking at it, I didn't see them as sleazy. And you've also got to remember, at least one of them works in pharma sales. Of course. <laughs> that is all about selling selling yourself to people, basically. And how to get on reality TV. I mean, as the guy who tried to sell me Windows earlier found out, if you're just annoying, I'm not going to buy anything off you. Because <laughs> my mum and dad were out, and this bloke knocked on the door, and he he lasted ten seconds with me just going, no, we don't want anything, goodbye, slam. Um, but if you've already got Windows, why Windows as in what? As in Windows, as in... Oh, the door, yeah. like a door, Windows. Yeah. I mean... Trying to upgrade our windows. That's the most bizarre thing trying to sell. Oh, oh, we're get, we're giving money to people who give us their windows and let us replace them. It's like sod off. I don't care. Yeah. Bye. Double glazing salesman. Oh, hey. So Miles and Will are planning on using strangers, mainly young impressionable girls. Yeah. Yes. Who, they who, are very pretty though. Yeah. Yeah. Who the boys? Yes. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and the girls. <laughs> so well. dreamy. They're basically yeah. the Justin Trudeau of hunted. Ah. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a good strategy to to work with strangers. I'm just not sure. Randomly picking up women on a beach is is a behaviour we want to be showing to our young and impressionable people. But it is impressive that they managed to convince a lesbian to take them in. <laughs> You're making assumptions there, Michael. I once yes. met a guy on a beach, and then we went to the movies. Okay. Yeah, but it's what the wife and does in Australia. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's one of the major places to meet people, actually, in summer. Uh, I'm not making assumptions, by the way. Um, they did describe Anna as her girlfriend. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's a phrase used quite regularly to mean female friend. Yeah, but it was heavily confirmed that they were lesbians. Not that it's any of our business. No. Well, there you go. No, but we we are arguing whether they're lesbians or not. Yeah, and, and I'm arguing that it don't really I don't matter. Remember that? Did when, when did that start? You know, the last girls to take Miles and Will in. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. The Valentine. Anna was the one who rang, wasn't she? <laughs> no, Anna was the sister of the one who rang. Mary was the one who rang. Mary. Did we see her? We saw her Facebook picture. Mary uh, Scott. And actually, she's hilarious on Twitter. Yeah. Really? She's been replying yeah. to everyone who criticised her for selling them out. Yeah. It's I would really too. Good. Give me, give me her Twitter handle. Yeah, how did she? Did she get any money from it? Yeah, she'll have got money, but she's not confirmed how much. Yeah, it was probably fifty dollars. She's friends with um, with Lee on Facebook as well. I know that. How? Why is Lee friends <laughs> with a rat? <laughs> Seriously, Lee, think about your friend list. And this is where we come back to my point from last season, which is that actually, would I sell out a fugitive? The answer is yes. Well, no, I wouldn't because no, I have a soul, as the <laughs> other girl said. <laughs> What's more important, Michael, money or your soul? Yes. Soul. <laughs> Michael. Every day. Got to be the soul. As it's so beautifully put on Survivor, quite often by religious people, I can pray for forgiveness afterwards. Jeez. No, couldn't be done. No, I'm not bored. Um, I liked that when people directly said, why did you do it? Her main answer has been, because it makes good TV. 
Well, yeah, it does. Which I think is great. I like that. I, I, I respect that more than for a few dollars. But she didn't get on TV. That's a stupid answer. She didn't get on TV. TV. But what? Just just being on a phone call, which wasn't aired. Oh, it was aired. But how can it make good TV? I don't. I just bear in mind that from production's point of view, they know that the American public is much more likely to help out the um, the hunters than the fugitives compared to Britain, at least. Yeah. If she didn't do it to make the TV, she did it for the money. Yeah. Initially, if, now she's saying that now to cover herself up. But if they are putting out these wanted posters, which are, as we've previously described, terribly designed, if they're putting those out, <laughs> then actually from a production standpoint, you kind of need to have someone be sold out because of the wanted posters to prove their effectiveness. Yeah, I guess so. Because, because the main moral message of hunted is that these are the sort of tactics that law enforcement will use and more. Because there'll be some that they're holding back that they're like, no, actually, we can't show this on television because it is a major law enforcement tool. But the ground hunters will always use, even in a real-life investigation, stuff like wanted posters, canvassing the streets of the last known area, working out connections, that sort of thing. It's teaching everyone. And that's why Hunter's a great show. You know what the funny thing is, though? If I saw those posters or saw anything online, I'd be trying to find them to help them. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'd see this picture and think, right, if I see this person, I'm going to help them, not dob them in. Yeah, tip them off. I see the US one as sort of series one and a half of the British one. Yeah, yeah, there's still a bit of setting up of how law enforcement works, but there's more gameplay. I think for the inevitable second season of the US one, it's probably going to go quite big. I think Probably. I think the potential fugitives will have seen the the first two series, hopefully of the UK one, and the first series of the US one, and sort of get some inspiration from your Ricky Allen's, from your Nick, from your Io, yeah, maybe from your Beth Wilson of getting all your friends and family to butt dial everyone. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Lee's really looking forward to our criticism of that. By the way. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get going. I don't know where. I think we're only in the, like the first ten minutes here. Yeah, we really yeah, are. Yeah. Um, so, Flatcap Charlie is awarded the uh, the privilege of leading Miles and Will's case. Yeah, and I'm going brilliant. These guys are toast. There is no way they're going to evade Flatcap Charlie because he's my hero. And this, by far, is the MVP moment of the season. Never mind the episode, because Flatcap Charlie weaponizes Tinder. Amazing! What a move! Mind blown. I had never thought of this being a great tactic because we don't really get this sort of team on the UK one. No, we've never had anything oh, God, as sophisticated no. as that. It's really smart. That is so clever. It's just insanely clever, and I'm very proud. Black Cap Charlie, we are swiping right on you, my friend. But <laughs> they're obviously on Tinder like as a pastime, like you would do Facebook. Like, she's just sitting there Yeah, I think, I think that's what the young people do these days. Don't look at me. Mm. I don't use Tinder. <laughs> that's what normal young people do, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, I'm, I'm not normal, though. I'm quite atypical. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the youth of today do. Yeah. Instead, of, instead of going to the beach and meeting random strangers like you did in your day, Michelle, now they, they yes. just sit on the <laughs> phone swiping. 
that's all they do. I'm I'm not even a hundred percent sure which way is good and which way is bad. I'm assuming swipe right is good because of the whole right-handed world because that everyone's prejudiced against us left-handers. That's that's my view. You left-handed as well. Aren't you? Yep. I am a a Southport slash polar bear. I'm yep. left-handed as well. Exactly. Yeah. I, if ever there's a left-handed right-handed war, I'm on the side of the, of the polar bears, and I'm happy about that. But yeah, as far as I understand from my limited knowledge of Tinder, swiping right is uh, is the good one. Yeah, I think so. Because left is sinister. Exactly. Anyway, what were you going to say, right-handed peasant Michelle? I wasn't. Gonna, I can't remember <laughs> what I was going to say after the left-handed conversation. After the left, the left-handed. Uh... Uh, no, I was saying that you know that it's amazing that they use Tinder as a just oh, let's just look at my phone sort of thing. Yeah, it's weird to me. Flat cap, Charlie. I take my flat cap off to you. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is his little phrase I've noticed, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it really is. I doff my cap to you, sir. <laughs> and I love, in a similar way to Tara Basra, we've contributed to the legend that is flat cap, Charlie, because that is all anyone knows him as now. So it's like, yeah, we did that. That's <laughs> that us. That was us. That was us. Yeah. <laughs> Please, more people listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Flat Cap Charlie weaponizes Miles' Tinder, setting up a 50-mile radius to distribute their wanted posters, and he does turn four or five computers into slave boxes, making it impossible for them to use college girls. Nice. Which is a big, gold-sticky star for you. Yep. Um, so, candidate for MVP number one, Flat Cap Charlie. I think ne- next one's probably Beth's butt, but we'll <laughs> get to that. And back to Arif and Imad. And Jill doesn't let Golf know anything, but they, of course, know that she's withholding information because they can read it on her face. Well, let's be honest, you, you don't need to be uh, Tim Roth to read the, read the face here. That I think the micro-expressions are just slightly giving it away, Jill. Mm. As the Red Hot Chili Peppers so beautifully put it, give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away. <laughs> Yeah, and we, and we get a bit of a callback to Deliverance where she's like, oh, we're really friendly with people we know, but we don't help strangers around here. I did have the question, does Michelle know what we were talking about with Deliverance last week? Someone has uh, informed me of a little bit of what it was. Yeah, so are you aware of the plot of the movie Deliverance now, Michelle? I am aware loosely of what it is, yes. I don't ever want to see it. I think some of the characters were aware of loosely what it was. <laughs> Maybe not loosely. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> and stop making dirty jokes. That's my job. <laughs> and Linda has taken Arif and Imad in, and her and her husband offer their camper van and a kayak to them. Yeah, but we never get to see it, so we don't get to confirm whether it is a kayak or a canoe. And that worries me. I need to know. <laughs> I must admit, I giggled when I was watching it, just going, Last week we discussed the difference between a kayak and a canoe. I hope we see that. No, I was was dying to see it so we could go, see, look, it's not open. It definitely is a kayak. And our second new team is Centra and Two. And they are surprisingly from Georgia. Yeah, I know, another one. And they're very smart. They are. And these are the other um, Amazing Race archetypes that... Yes, no, actually Asian Amazing Race. I looked at them and thought, oh, wouldn't they fit right in? They would. They're Kelly and Kate. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. They look all girly, but really they're badass. I thought they were like a mixture between Mari and Michelle from um, Survivor from the last two series. I must apologise to them as well for discounting them 
last week because when I watched the episode, even though I knew Miles and Will were going, they had a way better edit than Miles and Will did. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I like. I, I thought, yeah, I like them. I uh, thought these were the team that were going to have a very short run, but they're not because they're doing well. I don't think they will win, but I like them. Hmm. I did the um, judge a book by its cover sort of thing and thought, oh, they're not going to go far. But literally, I changed in the first twenty seconds of us mm-hmm. seeing them. I was won over merely by the phrase "slay bitches all day long." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, they're good, and they pull off some great moves. Um, and and I, I like I like the cadence of their names as well. I think Two Trans sounds like a great name. Uh, I'd I'd like to see a CBS crossover travel documentary with her and uh, and Tai Trang. So it could be Two Tran Tai Trang Caravan in Vietnam. <laughs> I want to see them do uh, military recreation, so it could be Two Tran Go to War. <laughs> Jeez. You yes. guys have been thinking about this part. too hard. I, I literally just thought of that one when Ant was saying that, Michelle. It, it took me hours to come up with two Trantai Tran caravan in Vietnam. So, Sentra uh, loves to slay bitches all day long because she's a video gamer, which gets her a gold sticky star from me anyway. And uh, Two is a wedding photographer and brings her camera along just in case she needs to barter. You can't master race! <laughs> And they do the typical tenuous, let's see if we can link what I do in the real world with being on Hunted. Yeah, I'll be really good because I'm a photographer and I have to be really creative at weddings. Okay. Interesting. But you know what? I just thought, I was thinking about that camera thing. That camera is probably worth more than what the hunters would give anyone as a reward for ratting them out. Ah. So it's actually a really good idea and no one else has done that. I mean, I have a... Uh, as our, as you might have guessed from my Nikon Master Race comment, um, I do have a Nikon DSLR. And it's probably about $1,000. Yeah, yeah, you can't get much for less than that. Yeah, they are good cameras, and mine is very similar to the one she's got. So, yeah, that's probably worth more than the Hunters are going to offer anyone. But mm-hmm. it's how she's going to barter with it, because I'm assuming she's not going to give up her camera. I'm assuming mm. she means... Like offered to do wedding photography. That's what that's what I was assuming. So I, oh, I'm I'm going to phone the hunters. Well, what if I do a quick session with you now? Do a few headshots. You know, maybe sort your LinkedIn profile. Maybe that'll do it. <laughs> and um, Mike takes an instant dislike to them um, because he suspects they're using burner phones. Yeah, first of a few mentions of burner phones, but it turns out they're not as anonymous as we always thought. Well. Depends if you buy them when you're on the run. Yeah, good point. But why? You know what? Right at the beginning, when you haven't really started running and you're just getting your money and you're trying to get set up, why wear your disguises then? That's the only <laughs> thing that I have against them. This yeah. this episode because she wore that hat, that floppy hat, right at the beginning, getting out the first lot of money and then going to get her phone. Why wouldn't you leave the disguise for after that? Because it's, the, it's the Matt and Christina it, Memorial lock, right, isn't it? They may as well just throw away the hat right yeah. after they get the money. Put your disguise on and then go on camera. No, do it the other way around. <laughs> they know what you look like at the start of the game, so you might as well stay looking like that until you decide to go off the grid. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. Exactly. Uh, that was floppy, the only thing I had against them. It's not the mm. best disguise anyway, to be no. honest. Oh, dear me. And they go straight to the ATM and then go to the nearest pharmacy to buy the burner phone. So everything all links together beautifully. Ah. 
as Michael will no doubt have said, if you hadn't disappeared, they should have bought the phone before they went on the run. Yeah. Sorry for disappearing. I was slaying bitches all day long. Right. And this is the point in the episode where I got a little bit worried because then we found out Lee and Hilmar have been on the run for 12 days. Yeah. And according uh, to my theory last week of when we start seeing you creeping up in the number of days, you're probably getting caught. I was thinking, don't get caught, guys. You know I love you so much. Yeah, it did seem like we'd um, skipped a bit of time. Um, but yeah, they've, they've survived another week. This is good. Yeah, it it works both ways, because if they're skipping a lot of time, it might mean that you're boring in the middle and doing well, or it might mean that we're mm. just rushing through your story because you're getting caught. Yeah, it's it, it really is hard to read, and given that the show pays no attention to real time whatsoever... It's really hard to draw any conclusions from that, unless they've just been introduced and the next scene you see is like 15 days in, in which case they're over. Miles and Will, Troy and Shelley. Yep. But I just thought about that, actually, because quite a few of them were were caught around the same sort of day. Yeah. So they couldn't really, if they did the show and did it proper with the timeline, they couldn't really have five teams caught in the same episode. But there's one massive assumption you're making there, and that is that everyone set off at the same time. Mm. Because, unlike the UK one, the prize money isn't shared between everyone, it's per team. So it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. In fact, there was probably, I would guess, and I don't know for certain, but I would guess that the start time for all the teams were maybe within a week of each other. But they were probably put on the run on separate days. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's absolutely no need because they don't all need to get to the extraction point at the same time, do they? See, that's that's the fun thing about the UK version. You know, of, you know, when we saw them all in the second season leave together and run out. Um, but it's it's the ending when you know they have to get to a certain point, and it's a bit like a a movie, a thriller where you know the world's going to explode and they've got to get to this point to escape. I think that's what made the ending of last season amazing when they were all running to the dock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, my theory might be wrong, but it doesn't necessarily have to be on the same day for the US one. No, you're you're absolutely right. There's no production reasons why you have to get them all back to the same point because they've not all got to get to the same price fund. So, mm, yeah, it could have been a, a, a truly staggered start, which would also explain how we've got team uh, hunter teams tracking different teams almost at what seems like the same time. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It's more interesting that, that they seem to be using the same hunter teams. What do you mean? Well, we, we seem to be seeing only three hunter teams catch anyone or be, or be chasing anyone. I see, see what you mean, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that was just because that's where they were geographically at the time. Uh, so, yeah, Lee and Hilmar have been on the run for 12 days. Yay. And Command know of the existence of letters thanks to Lee's wife from the last episode, but actually not the contents. No, no, nothing at all about the code or anything, which is a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because they're going to have to give up on it, which is, you know, it's so good. I love to see the code used in this show, but they've gone a different way. They've decided that they're all burnt. And last series, when I was watching the UK one, there were a few times where I was writing my notes and just going, I cannot actually believe that I'm writing these words. Stuff like Hamish and Michaela water ski, or Nick uses a decoy. And the six words for this episode are Lee's wife, 
but dials the hunters. <laughs> no. How? How, it, how, how can does that, that happen? happen? Must have been a dial back the last number that called me thing. Because she's not going to have the numbers in her phone. She said, it's got to be that. But how does that happen? Uh, how, how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, oh, man. I know. Crazy. But yeah, I can't fathom how this actually happens. No, from a from a technology point of view, I don't know how it's still possible to put dial. How it happens to put dial Griff, I don't know either. How they managed to overhear something that potentially could have been useful, I'm not sure whether it ultimately will well, be. If ch- only if Griff was the last call. But usually, your phone, if you ask it to call again, it calls the last person you call, not the person that called you. Yeah, I know. We could we could debate it all night, but I don't suppose we'll get to the answer. But and, just incredibly and unlucky. If it if that did happen, why didn't we hear the call that Griff did to her first? Well, we did. The Griff call was the last episode. Yeah, yeah, he did speak to her, right. didn't he? Because that's when they confirmed the existence of the letters with her. Yeah. Don't you switch your phone off before you put it back in your pocket? Or yeah, it's it's highly weird. Yeah, it it's an odd, unlucky thing. And it just really quite confuses me that it even happens. <laughs> yeah. But it is also a fantastic television moment. Oh, it was marvellous. Because despite what we're led to believe, the Hunters still know nothing about the mail monitoring, really. They know of the existence of it, they know who the letters were sent to. But unless they get a warrant to search those houses and find the letters, they're not going to know anything, really. And then out of the blue... Suddenly, I, I really like the sequence where he's like, oh, someone's left me a random voicemail. That's a bit weird. I better have a look who it is. Beth Wilson. Beth. Whoa, Beth Wilson. <laughs> it's really good. And the best thing is he was trying so hard not to swear because he knew they wouldn't be able to use it if he said, oh, shit. So he's like, oh, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> it was great. And then I loved, I just loved the call, the whole, is your heart beating a little bit faster? Uh, and the... Uh, She's just not what? responding. Yeah. She's obviously going, oh my God, I can't talk to you, I can't talk to you, why are you ringing me? She, yeah, she's just hastily texting Lee's burner phone, just going, fuck. Oh my God, what is going on? And and the, uh, I promise I won't tell Lee that it was you that led us to him. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, as, and then and then they'll see the show and they'll know. Like, oh god! I know my love of a few of the British hunters is quite well known, but I love a lot of the American ones. They're great. I um... think it helps that we've had quite a lot of interaction with them, but they just are very funny. They are. They're just bigger, bigger characters, and it's it's just really good. I like to see their reactions. Again, they they're just being portrayed differently, aren't they? I love the the feuding that seems to be happening between Lee, Rai Wai, and Griff as well. Yeah, it's good. There's so much bickering back and forth on Twitter, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I was going to mention that, actually. I, I didn't want to sort of break the fourth wall and talk about stuff that's outside of the show, but there's a lot of banter between Lee and the Hunters. Does that say anything to you? Yeah. I mean, we thought they were going to win anyway. Yeah. And I... Th- I'm 99% sure. I'm as sure as I was with Nick winning. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling that. that they, 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 yeah, it's got that air of it. Yeah, they've got the story of Lee's wife being pregnant and them needing a bigger truck. 
they've got the personality and the slightly antagonistic relationship. And I, I honestly think, in the same way that the Hunters didn't really mind that Nick won because he's a really nice guy, I think they see a lot of the same qualities in, in Lee and Hilma. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I like, think so. yeah, we don't want to lose, but if we lose to these guys, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that would be my theory. But also, I love that Alpha called Hilma by his surname. Yeah, because it's such a great name, that's why. Skagfield. We're coming to get you. <laughs> but Lee and Hilmar redeem every single thing ever because they actually did my tactic from episode one, which is buy two burner phones before you go on the run. Yeah, funny you should mention that. I had a slight suspicion you would mention that they, they go with the Harmstone theory. Yep, they got Harmstone. <laughs> yeah, it's a great move. And uh, it, in theory, that should be absolutely untraceable and i would imagine these guys did buy them before they went on the run well they must have done because beth has one so there's no way they're going to spot a transaction so yeah super move well done up there for brains yes that is a move that wins you a quarter of a million dollars could well be could be the difference that as long as it doesn't get compromised somehow but how could it that's the thing unless the hunters track down Liam hilmar or raid beth's house yeah. And I'm assuming Beth is keeping it very safe, probably on her person. You probably would so. in the back part of her pants. Yeah, it's probably in the... Well, it won't be in the back part, because that'll be her actual phone, because, you know, butt dial. <laughs> but it's <laughs> probably in her handbag, or very close to her at all times. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, if they keep that nice and secure, which they should, then great. Good for them. As much as I want to see the Hunters actually ringing one of the fugitive teams, just going, we know where you are, you might as well give up now. <laughs> in an IO style. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's, that was him ringing them, which is even better. <laughs> Who am I? I am the chief of the answers. <laughs> Get out, my pup. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Flex. I wish they could bring Flex over. Special guest appearance just for one episode. It would be brilliant. All I want is for him to be answering the, the tip line. Yeah. Absolutely. Who are you? I <laughs> am the chief of the answers. Who have you seen? <laughs> With just bottles of uh, Bira Moretti next to him. Yep. <laughs> he could trade up for bourbon if he goes into this series. I also love that um, Beth immediately admits that, yeah, I may have butt-dialed the hunters. <laughs> it's a great conversation starter. Hi, hi, something to tell you. Yeah. I might have just accidentally put down the hunters. Sorry. How are you guys doing? Because my ass may have compromised you. <laughs> and Lee says, that's deeply unsettling. Yeah, deeply unsettling. <laughs> well, you know that that conversation probably went on for about an hour. Yeah. Oh, God. And, and, we, and probably a lot of it was edited out. <laughs> Probably the initial 10 seconds. Yeah, Hilmar's Viking roots came out. (laughs) He was just ready to rape and pillage everyone. (laughs) Raise the village to the ground. (laughs) But yeah, the the voicemail uh, that she leaves talks about one of the the codes, which is Chad and the van should be ready to slash the tyres. Interesting. Which we don't actually get the translation for. No, and who who was she talking to? 
because it's obviously a voicemail that you know it's an overhearing her conversation with someone so if she is talking in code and it sounds like she is who's she talking to and why is she talking in code i love that they've got a code i love it they're so good they just they've just got this down it is very overthinky it's great i love it i love it's it good. i mean it's heavily inspired by a lot of ricky allen's behavior which is great and just being very antagonistic to the hunters and that sort of stuff. But it is a little bit overthinky. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's good. Uh, overthink it all day long for me. That's great. They obviously looked at the rules when they signed them and said, actually, we're allowed to do a lot of prior preparation. Mm. I don't think we'd see a scheme like this in the UK because they wouldn't have been allowed to do as much prior preparation. No, probably not. Mm. But it's good. It's good they've set it all up. It's, it's very American. Yeah. So back to Centra and Two, and they have borrowed a car and have been travelling around rural South Carolina for five days. Yeah, borrowed a car that's a Nissan, but not a Nissan Centra, because that would be really confusing. That'd be quite meta. <laughs> what wouldn't it? We're following the Centra. What, the fugitive or the car? No, the fugitive is the car. What? Who's on first? It would be very good. And this is where I thought, actually, maybe my prediction of them getting caught will come true. Because they stupidly fill up at a gas station and get cash out at the same time. Yeah, it did look like a dumb move. But there was a little bit of logic behind it, which was, let's do all these things we've got to do and then get the hell out of here, rather than risking going somewhere and then having to get money out. So there was some logic. And then they play a blinder, don't they, at the gas station by thinking about where are the cameras and making sure that they pull in so that there's no number plate showing and then reverse out. That's good thinking. I like that. That was good. Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to do that in the UK. No, because cars have front number plates. Apart from a car I saw today that didn't, and that was the first thing I thought was, oh, wow, I wish I had that car, because if I was on the run, I'd be able to fill up without them getting my number plate. And then I realised I'm not in this show. It's not not really my life. It's illegal, that, though, isn't it? It, I, I, I don't know. I would have thought so, but it definitely looked like the car was designed that way. So must, I don't know. But that that's not my first thought. My first thought isn't, is that illegal? My first thought is, great, you, you wouldn't get caught on cameras when you were filling up. And I was behind the car on Wednesday evening coming home, which was so dirty you couldn't see the front or the back number plates. It was filthy. Oh, it was you following me, was it? Okay. Ah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> don't, don't American cars have to have a number plate at the front? No. No, it must just Not be in, back. Well, it did say actually in this state, so it must be something that varies from really? state to state, but I've I've observed it before that cars don't always have front plates. They always have to have back ones. Yeah. I thought they'd just taken it off just to go into the petrol station, <laughs> take off the plate. Well, they, they say in the hunted rules that you do have to follow all the laws. Yes, that is But if true. it's only for, you're, you're not actually on the street. If you pull in, take the number plate off, then come around where the cameras were... You're not actually on the street with your number plate. But then again, if you pull into the petrol station and you've still got the front number plate on, even if you take it off then and there, they're going to rewind the CCTV. No, but did you notice where they were? When they were driving, they didn't actually drive out to the road. They were driving sort of, it was still in an area that wasn't on the road and then they went behind the building. They could, if you find the right petrol station, you... um do it off the road and then you go around and get your petrol in. It was possible at that station. So then we go back to Miles and Will who have flirted their way to day 15. 
Yeah, by by just <laughs> staying on the beach the whole time by the look of it, just Basically. taking selfies with random strangers. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were found because of selfies? It would have been great. <laughs> yes, that would have been so good. They used facial recognition on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. No need, though, because you've just got Mary Scott to phone in. <laughs> so, yeah, Anna and her maybe lesbian girlfriend, we don't know, decide not to turn Miles and Will in, despite Anna really, really wanting to. Yeah, or Annie, as they call her when they first arrive, and she does not like that. He's like, no, it's Anna. It's not Annie. Anna Theresa May. <laughs> Anna Theresa May. Yeah, she's not happy. Uh, but, you know, the, the guys are done pretty good at this stage aren't they 15 days and they've spent no money that is going some that is pretty smart what i would have done in miles and will's situation is meta randomer got them to get the cash out for them yeah i'm sure we've discussed that before and, and nobody seems to have ever done it you know just give them the card wait around the corner they get the money no recognition my gut feel is there might be a rule about that yeah because it, it seems so obvious. Why would you not do that? But, I mean, it doesn't matter because then they know where the card is, even if someone's taken it out, so they know what area they're in. Yeah, or you take it to the next level, which is you find someone on day one and they give you the $500 and you give them the card and they take the money out whenever they want, wherever they want. Oh, that that's a good one. Yeah. Again, it's got to be covered by the rules because it seems a bit obvious to me. Yeah, I guess as well we had in the first series of the UK one uh, people mailing the card to their friends and family. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did have that. Yeah, I think there might be a rule against doing that now. Yeah, I think so because it, it, they're making a big deal about getting the live pings with the lovely doorbell sound effect every time anyone uses an ATM. Yeah, I mean, as much as I do defend production a lot from the rule questions of basically ninety-five percent of the answers being gold command. There's still a little bit of opacity to some of the rules. Yeah, I think there needs to be. Don't spoil it. It's a TV show. Just tell us what we need to know and make it look and feel as real as possible, really, if you can. I mean, Hunted, more than other shows, inspires a lot of people questioning the rules. Yeah, it does. And I don't know why. Why is that? Why why are people going on about it? It's just, it is what it is. Just enjoy the show. I, I'm wondering if it's because it's got a slightly confusing format of it's a bit of a mixture between a game show, a documentary, a kind of CSI type show. You've got all that mixed up. It's a, it's an interesting style and maybe that just makes people get a little bit confused about what they're watching and therefore when they realise that it's a game show, they suddenly go, hang on a minute, they haven't told us everything. Something's got to be going on. I think inherently quite a lot of people who watch these sort of shows now are sceptical. Yeah, I guess. Like, Amazing Race doesn't confirm rules unless they are broken, basically. But I think a lot of people who watch shows like Hunted are inherently sceptical and question everything. And we've seen that in the UK a lot, and we've seen it in America now. And genuinely, a lot of the questions can just be answered by Gold Command. Look it up. Yeah, some some can. Some, some I think they stretch it a little bit further than reality. Um, but most of that for me is it's about compressing a time frame. So eventually they would be able to do all of these things, but it would just take an awful lot longer. And so it wouldn't make for a very good show if they say, you know, oh, and 17 months later, we finally tracked down Will and Miles. Just not the point. The idea is to do it all in a month. So they're, they're going to have to cheat a little bit. Yeah, the questions of how stuff is recreated can genuinely be boiled down to it's a TV show first and foremost. It's entertainment. 
Yeah. Mm. And the reason that there is, I'm assuming, still Gold Command in place, although still not been confirmed by anyone involved in US production yet, is that actually it cuts out the middleman a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And as brutal as it is, the show is slightly rigged against the fugitives because they have a TV show to make first and foremost and they want to make it entertaining. Yes. So, yeah, I don't like a lot of the questions that get asked, like, oh, this show is so obviously fake, because it isn't. Because of the quiz show scandal in the US, everything is strictly governed and there has to be the legal restrictions in place, but it is still a TV show. Yeah, it's a fair game, and if they do evade capture, they do get the money, but some of the recreation is probably a little bit oversimplified. I think that's fair. You know, it's a game. It's a game meant to show the kind of things that law enforcement can do. It's not supposed to be a fly-on-the-wall documentary of how things happen, because that would be really boring, and we'd just see week after week of procedure going on, and nobody wants to watch that, so... If that's what you want to watch, I'm sure there's some documentary channel somewhere that will show you how they really catch the bad guys. I mean, Hunted is never going to officially confirm every way that they find fugitives because wannabe criminals would use that to their advantage. And future contestants as well. <laughs> you know, they've got a show to make. But yeah, you're right. You know, They're not going to give away too much. Otherwise, oh, God knows what would happen. There always has to be that level of secrecy for certain things. Yeah. But... I would like it if someone in production could quietly confirm a lot of my suspicions. That would be nice. That would help me a lot. So if anyone could do that, that would be great. Thanks. But have you voiced all your suspicions? How would they know what they are? You need to have a chat. Well, I've voiced most of my suspicions on, on this podcast, Michelle. Like the, I'm assuming there is a, an equivalent of Gold Command, if not Gold Command. And I'm assuming it's probably still the creator of the show. Mm. That sort of thing. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Well, there's got to be a gold command of some description. I just wonder if it is actually the gold command. Yeah. So, back to Centre and Two, and they meet up with Two's friend and fellow photographer Rob. Yeah, and uh, and it's at this stage that Mike Cole starts to zero in on the burner phone. Well, the problem with them stopping at that particular gas station and the hunters knowing their direction of travel is that they basically only have one friend in that direction. Yeah, it's pretty easy to spot. I did like the the figuring out where the burner phone came from by looking at when the transaction happened and figuring out, you know, getting a list of where sells burner phones and then getting the receipt. Um, yeah. I didn't realise that the number of the phone would be on the receipt. Um, yes. Ha- having never bought a burner phone for not having ever needed to. Um, didn't realise how easy it was. But also, bear in mind, they bought the phone at the same place they used the first ATM. Yeah. The ATMs are going to burn them, and they are setting up that narrative. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be careful about where you do that. And they must know that that is one of the live monitoring things that, you know, they don't have to do any work whatsoever, so they should be a little bit more careful about that. Because twice in a 42-minute episode, they went to an ATM where the hunters knew that they were going to be doing something else. Mm. And that just tells me it's going to bite them. Maybe not next week, maybe not the week after. But I don't think they're going to win, and I think it's going to be because they get money out somewhere obvious. Yeah, and it's easy to figure out what the next move is. Bit of a Matt and Christina move. Oh, I don't think they're going to be as silly as Matt and Christina. <laughs> Maybe not a literal Matt and Christina, but no. something where the ATM links to what's going to happen yeah. next, and they'll, they'll follow the trail. The other reason I don't think they'll get into the end is there was far too much, oh, I'm feeling good here, we're nice and safe. Mm, don't want to hear that. And published author and hunter Mike... I have to mention that, because he complained on Twitter this week that not enough people recognise him for his books. Um, 
he gets the information of their burner phone purchase, gets the phone number, and links it to Rob because they track it and it is obvious. Yep, too obvious. And then we meet a new uh, hunting team, which is Delta. And that's Jackie and Paul. And they are dispatched to Rob's to interrogate him. Yeah, and again, a, a bit of a name faux pas where they call him Robert and he's like, no, it's Rob. It's not Robert, it's Rob. It's as bad as Annie and Anna. And they try and smoke out Centre and Two. And that's where we leave them, because that is not resolved. No. And I'm very surprised that that was not a cliffhanger of an episode. Yeah, it felt like that's probably where it should have ended, and they've they've gone for the other ending. Um, I think they, they'll they probably get caught next week, I have to say. I think the net, Or if they're not, then they're not in next week. So the next time we see them, I think they're getting caught. They're not in the advert for next week. So maybe they'll have a quiet one then, have a quiet episode and get caught the week after. That doesn't mean they're not in the episode. That just means that they don't have any marketable content in the next episode. True. Mm. If they catch them very quickly, there'd be no need to have them in the trailer, would there? And now the last stand of Miles and Will. So Anna helps Miles and Will escape. And then we get a lovely tip-line phone call answered by Plex. Who are you? <laughs> Anna Scott Valentine. <laughs> oh no, it's Mary. <laughs> Mary Scott Valentine. And she, because she's never met Miles and Will, completely and utterly rats them out. And from what the others say, because they all hate each other as well. It's like, and that's why we hate Mary Scott. What? Because she phones up tip lines and dobs in your friends. Has this happened before? Very odd. <laughs> she's literally the worst. This is the third time she's done this, guys. And I don't know if we can give her another chance. <laughs> Every time we pick up random strangers at the beach, she's off phoning people and getting them picked up. It's just... It, all this is, is just revenge because our parents gave her the middle name Scott, even though she's a girl. That's what it is. I mean, she's been up for nomination from our family for six times, and that is awesome. <laughs> Do you think she was just jealous that she didn't get to be actually in the episode? And she's like, hey, screw you. If my sisters are going to be on TV, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to ruin it for them. <laughs> you know what? That could very much be it. Because Thanksgiving needs to be infinitely more awkward in our house. <laughs> oh, you're at the beach with good-looking guys, are you? Well, screw let's see about you. that. Mm, <laughs> let me do something about that, then. <laughs> oh, you want your, your new boyfriends to win? Well, sob this. <laughs> oh, I don't like her. No. I don't like her at all. She's a mean girl. I love that she's just been quite sassy on Twitter about it. I love that about it, it. Uh, but oh, what? Why would you do that? Because money. Oh God! I... It was probably like fifty dollars, as if maybe maybe three hundred, four hundred, but fifty. It, it wouldn't be anything. It wouldn't be worth it. Shouldn't even get a face on TV. No. Nope. Rubbish. My only thing for you, Mary Scott. I hope you step on Lego. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly. Her full name was read out, so she obviously approved of it being read out. So she was she's probably still quite proud of the fact that she ratted them out. Yeah, she's totally she's owning it, there's no doubt about it. But uh yeah. Just wrong. Don't do that. No, it's your own sister that's helping them, for God's sake. At least if you just randomly bumped into these guys and they annoyed you or something. You know, Steve the barman, when he just got really fed up with Hamish and Michaela, just rang up just cause, just to shut him up. I get that, but she's never met the guys. Mary Scott Valentine for season two is all I have to say. Yeah, no send, way. Send her out there. Yeah, okay. Put her on and get her caught in the first two days. Go on. Yes, please. 
I love how angry this makes Michelle, because this is the major divide in our podcast. <laughs> I kind of sit in the middle, but on this one, I'm with Michelle all the way. I very much lean towards the, actually, unless you really get on well with them and they seem like nice people, maybe it's not the worst thing to do. No, I'm, I'm in the camp of, if, if they're okay people, let them enjoy themselves. If they are annoying you, then you can dub them in. Yeah, I share quite a lot of those thoughts then. But Michelle is militant. No, you should never, ever, ever rat anyone out because snitches get stitches. Absolutely. <laughs> that's because, that's cause like me, Michelle was brought up in the area of prisoner cell block H. You don't dob your mates in. Otherwise, top dog's going to come after and get you. See, I was told Michelle was brought up in the area of uh, air raids. <sighs> and loose lips sink ships. Cannot believe you said that. I'm dismayed on your behalf, Michelle. Thank you. You can be dismayed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'm being uh, <laughs> quite bitchy towards Michelle this time around. <laughs> Maybe it's because she hasn't applied for Australian Survivor yet, despite the fact she promised me she would. I've got five days left, but maybe I won't do it if this edit is crap. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Michelle, the edit is always crap, make, because I do it. Make Michelle Mainly look because Anne can't be arsed doing it. But yeah, Michelle, you need to apply for it. Once you apply for it, I'll be much nicer to you. Maybe. Michelle, yeah, just yeah. tell him you've applied. Yeah. I've applied. <laughs> Prove it. I want to see the screenshot of the email. You don't get an email back. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. You don't. When I applied for Amazing Race, I did not get an email back. Maybe you didn't get an email back because your application was crap and it was awesome. No, one, no, they don't give emails back. Do you know 15,000 people have applied for Survivor so far? Yeah, and you need to be the fifteen thousand and one. One. <laughs> and one. <laughs> right. But I also want you to send over your application video mm. to prove you've done it. Because otherwise, Michelle, we're going to have to do a, a jokey application on your behalf. I can do an application video and send and, and send it to you. It doesn't mean I've sent it in. How about Michelle? You do the application <laughs> video. I'll do the written bio for you. Oh, as if, as if you can. <laughs> <laughs> because every other word would be bloody. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even say it. I thought Sanafi were a tribe of bloody drongos. <laughs> my mates called me Michelle the Crusher. The Crusher. Because I crush people's dreams. I don't know how I do that. That's terrible. You know as well as I do that you would be fantastic on Australian Survivor. <laughs> You would slay bitches all day long. Oh, dear. And I'm not just saying that. You would, Michelle. You'd be, you'd rock it. Yes, pity I won't get a chance, eh? You will, because you're going to get cast, because your gypsy friend told us you would. Yeah, no, but she said, if I don't go on the Survivor one, I'll be going on something similar. I'm assuming that something similar would only take three weeks and not three months. Yeah, the big adventure. Oh, God, no, not that again. They're not going to do that again. That is uh, not a second season worthy show how about my kitchen rules i can't cook neither can most people on hell's kitchen but that doesn't stop them so anyway miles and will yeah mary scott obviously wraps them out and they find out the identity of anna use her phone to get geolocation because mike is the king of geolocation geospatial intelligence that's a great phrase basically on a weekend he geocaches (laughs) yeah I think that's what it is. I was wondering if they were just throwing in cell tower pings just to cash in on the whole serial the wave of suddenly everybody's an expert on cell tower. So we get a little graphic of the little pings going around. I was expecting a shot of Leakin Park at some point. Well, in the end, it doesn't really matter. 
<laughs> Very good. I'm quick. <laughs> that was good. Uh, and Anna's phone is pinging uh, their location and leading the hunters right to Miles and Will in the town, which was completely and utterly bastardised by everyone on the show, Beaufort. Yeah, Beaufort, they called it, didn't they? I, I would have said Beaufort, but they're calling it Beaufort. Beaufort. Yeah, Beaufort, yes. It's French. Yes, <laughs> very, very well-known French enclave of Beaufort, uh, which is probably where the where the name came from. But well, yeah. yeah, Beaufort. It will always be Beaufort. Why isn't it Beaufort? What is? I said this last week about the Americans changing the English language. Mm, it's a disgrace. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get loads of hate tweets uh, from the people of South Carolina about Beaufort and hotel which is Samuel and Nick, are the first sent to Beaufort. Uh, and Ali and, John- French now. Ali and Jonathan are also sent there. Yeah, and I, I like um, Team Hotel Team, because uh, I was figuring that if Team Alpha are called Team Alpha because they are so alpha, then Team Hotel are probably really cool because they put chocolates on your pillows at night. I like them. What, Hotel Chocolat? <laughs> That's what happens in hotels. Put chocolate on your pillow, don't they? So that's what Team Hotel do. Also, if you open uh, Samuel and Nick's drawers, you find a Gideon's Bible in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why they're called hotel, isn't it? Because <laughs> they've got a Bible in their drawers. Is that a Bible in your drawers? Are you just pleased to see me? <laughs> no, if Beth had a Bible in her drawers, it probably would have stopped the book dial. So, Miles and Will managed to hide out on a houseboat, which did give me flashbacks to everyone on the canals of the UK one. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the uh, inevitable, oh, I can't think of anywhere better to be than on a boat. Mm, okay. Mm, what's that, what's that noise in the background? <laughs> to be fair, a lot of their investigation was probably cut out. Yeah, I would think so. I would guess that boats were probably their last resort. Mm-hmm. The boat that, was, that had the hunters on them would actually have gone faster. As they were coming into the dock, that boat looked like a faster boat. But yeah. it was going slower so that it could slow down and let them off. But when the guys got off the boat... The, the hunters seemed to be very close behind them when they wouldn't have been knowing how far apart those boats were coming into the dock. It just didn't seem right to me. They didn't chase them down for very far, did they, before they caught up with them? Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Knowing and... boats, myself, and knowing how, how that second one was coming in, the one with the hunters, it, didn't, it looked like there should have been more of a gap between them. Because mm-hmm. they're young guys. They're running as fast as the hunters are. But we also don't know how much the Miles and Will's boat slowed down first. No, that's true. No, but we saw them. We saw them come into the dock, and we saw them at the dock getting out with the aerial shot. If the hunter's boat slowed down a lot later than Miles and Will's did, then they would be able to close the gap a lot quicker. Or if they're just better at getting off boats, because not everybody can get off boats quickly and yeah. easily, can they, I guess? I don't know. Or yeah. they just did a shot and it didn't work so they said can we just do that shot of us chasing you down on the dock because uh, we didn't get a really good shot of it because let's not forget it is a tv show but we also haven't had the disclaimer that certain portions uh, of the episode not affecting the outcome may have been refilmed <laughs> that's true but i think we can assume they have so yeah that we finally get a drone capture because uh, a drone is flown over the boats to try and identify the boys, and then they get identified. They try and escape on the dinghy, 
and then their time in the run is over. Indeed. And again, a little bit of monkeying with the timeline for those of us eagle-eyed. The first time they show a map of where they are and they talk about that there's boats and stuff in the area, there is a whacking great graphic with the word drone written on it above where they are <laughs> so and then five minutes later yeah let's deploy the drone what the one that was on the map five minutes ago that clearly was already there yeah that's a good idea i would definitely do that god damn it attention to detail people so with that we have a next time which is the five remaining teams brave a monsoon Stephen and henry the eighth get dispatched and desperate someone gets a and would and a helicopter helps to capture one team oh nice if it is a big old misdirect, I'll be very impressed. But it certainly looks like a helicopter identifies one of the teams. Ooh. Now. Mm, who that team is, I'm not going to tell you because it made it blatantly obvious in the preview. Okay. Well, given I haven't seen the preview, the most poetic um, thing to happen at this stage would be that it was tracking down David and Emily and they get away because we already know David can get away from helicopters. He told us that. <laughs> He really can as well. Yeah. (laughs) So that would be awesome. But is it? We shall find out at 8, 7 central on Wednesday. Unless this is a big old misdirect and then one of the teams that we've not seen just gets captured really easily. Yeah, could be. I don't mind. I'm enjoying it either way. I'm liking teams getting caught and I'm liking teams getting away. This is good. Mm. I don't like the monkeying with the timeline that's meaning we're getting a capture every episode. Because it makes it very predictable when you know who's in what episode to, to say, actually, yeah, one of these three, four, five teams is going to get captured. Yeah, it'd be nice if they threw in a no teams get captured for a change just to stop us trying to predict it. I can't see it. I think they're just going to keep rolling with it as far as they can. Do the numbers work out for them to do that? Well, they'd have two teams left in the last episode. Yeah. To do that. And I suspect that there probably will be a non-elimination episode just so it's... Three teams going into the finale. Three would make more sense. And then probably a double capture in the finale. It depends though, doesn't it? If if two end up winning it, then you're going to want at least three in the final episode. If only one yes. team makes it to the end, you only need to have two. I'd say that you probably need to have three, regardless. To give enough of a show. Yeah, because two teams can't really carry an episode for 42 minutes. That's true, especially if one of them's going to go on to win, because that necessarily means you're not going to have a lot of content. Mm. I would say, regardless, we're going to have three teams going into the final episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that it's probably going to be Leon Hilmar, David and Emily, and one other team, I'm not sure who. Oh, I was waiting for the third team. See who you'd mm-hmm. say. You're not, you're not banking on uh, Henry, Henry VIII's making it to the end? The thing is, we don't know what Stephen and Henry VIII are going to be like. We don't, but they're coming in very late. so They're the biggest question mark. I would say if they don't get dispatched and captured within the space of next week, I would put them down as my third place nearly won it team. Yeah, because they can't use the, oh, we're doing this for our family thing because we had that with Lee and Hilmer. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where their story's going to go because it's the big question mark. This time next week, we will probably be able to confidently say who's going to be the final three. Mm. Yeah, I'd have thought so. But I have a feeling that... There's a couple of teams still that we're going to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And then we, the top two are probably going to be Lee and Hilmar and David and Emily. And I think David and Emily are probably going to come up just short. That's how I feel. Hmm. Yeah. I can... I'd be shocked if it's not those two in their final episode. Yeah, I would be. And yeah, I can see David and Emily not quite making it. That narrative works. But equally, I can see that they do. So Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they make it. But if I 
if gun to head, I had to put one team down as winners, it would be Leon Hilmar. Mm-hmm. And if I had to say one team who's going to come up short, it'd be probably David and Emily. Because we, we've got the, the edit of, actually, these guys are very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting quite jammy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Who do you think is going, Michelle? Um, if someone definitely goes next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm 99% sure someone goes next week. Jeez. I'm seeing, I mean, I'm seeing them as various types of strong teams. So uh, probably the girls. Mm, I, I would, I think RF and Emad or, would go before the girls. Yes, actually, RF and Emad have been having issues with their contacts. You know, they, they just know where they are. Yeah, and we've, we've not really them. seen anything clever from those guys since they mm. started out, really. They've not evolved their plan. Yeah, we've just seen them basically mm. wait, waiting for the hunters to turn up. Yeah, I think that. Uh, actually, I change it from the girls to them. And one last question, which is one that I thought of outside of the episode. What effect do you think Flat Cap Charlie's scheme with Tinder is actually going to have on... Um, on the upcoming third series of the UK one, which will probably film in about three months. It would have to, it, I don't think it would have a lot of effect unless they had a really young team on. Yeah. But in, in terms of the Hunters doing big old schemes? Going, going big on the cyber campaign kind of thing. Yeah, oh. I, think, I think they'll push it further. I, I think, yeah, as, as people's use of technology evolves they'll try and keep up with that so they'll probably use it a lot more we've only really seen them only really seen them using facebook and twitter so far haven't we so yeah they could well start to do um a little bit more nefarious stuff rather than just hacking their accounts and putting wanted posters on maybe they'll start reaching out to networks and stuff yeah i think the the hunters for the uk one are probably going to go bigger Mm -hmm. it is my feeling obviously we won't know anything until sort of may but i think we're probably going to see a lot of bigger schemes from mm. uh, from the hunters yeah it wouldn't surprise me especially with sherlock coming back and going look guys this is what happened it's amazing yeah <laughs> and and also i think there was a big shift in viewer perception be- between bigger after season two than there was between one and two so i think there are more people applying for season three who know it and know it as a game Rather than, I think, well, certainly for season one, nobody knew what it was about, so you didn't get that. And I, and I don't feel it as much on series two that people were really ready for, a, had great, amazing plans set up as much as you might expect. Season three, I think, will be very, very different. So, with that, thank you for listening to this Hunted podcast. You can join us next Sunday for another Hunted recap. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Bear three 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 for Michelle. So many threes. Three. It's a three. And Bulls Boy for Anthony. And with that, your time in the run is over. See you next week. Till next week. Bring it on.